Hello and welcome to the Career Builders Podcast. I'm Mike Bird. I'm Lisa Blaine. Today we're going to talk about coming back from a toxic work environment. This is a subject that Lisa has some experience with either personally or via her clients, something that I'm a little bit less versed in, so it's going to end up being an episode where I kind of interview Lisa and we will go back and forth on some questions here that we've prepared around this. So tell me, Lisa, what to you is a toxic work environment? A toxic work environment can be a lot of different things, but in general, it's something that makes you question your abilities and makes you come out of it feeling less confident about yourself and less confident about what you can do. Good. I love that's a great definition. Makes a ton of sense to me. I've witnessed it once or twice in my life. I've been fortunate that I haven't really experienced that too, too much. Um, what would you say are sort of the reasons for these things developing? How do they develop? What are the early signs of a toxic work environment? So there, there's a lot of different reasons. Um, and it, you can't always know upfront. There's a lot of different ways that it can kind of come about. So for example, you might have a miscommunication with a manager that causes a riff in your relationship with them and having a, a miscommunication or a riff in your relationship can really cause you to start to question your abilities, depending on how the manager hand, handles that and how you handle that as well. Mm -hmm. um, it could also be that, you know, and I, I don't want to put the blame on somebody else, but there are times that you get a manager who's really misaligned with your skills and abilities. You just mm -hmm. don't get along for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, outside of that, your skills might be misaligned. So there are times when you will get a job and you think that it's the right job for you, but you'll quickly find out that you don't have the skills that they were really looking for, or the um, requirements for the job are different than what you thought going into it. And it's actually your skill misalignment. And then finally, um, and this is something that we'll talk a little bit more about, but Sometimes it's just staying in a job for too long after you kind of, it's run its course. So it could be a morale issue for you. It could be that you're just feeling like the company in general is not really fitting with what you mm -hmm. want and you are creating a toxic work environment for yourself. Mm. Okay. That, that makes a lot of sense as well. It can be a mix as to kind of where the fault and the blame can be put based mm -hmm. on the individual situation in your experience, were there things that showed up for you along the way that kind of started to point toward, oh, this is not going in a good direction and maybe I need to do something about the situation before it gets worse? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I, I had a work situation where my manager and I just did not see eye to eye. Our, hmm. our um, working methods didn't align. Um, this person was more of a very blunt, very, um, how do I put this? <laughs> very angry. Okay. We'll go with angry. We'll yeah. go with angry. So their, their way of, of dealing with confrontation was to bring it up in front of the rest of the office. Ah. And as a sensitive introverted person, that meant for me that I was often crying in the bathroom. So, I mean, that's a pretty extreme example, but I have heard lots of examples of people dealing with similar situations. Yeah. 
Yeah. Dangerous, certainly from a management style standpoint of like, that's, if you want to go out and play that kind of a game, you're going to live with some pretty serious consequences in terms of relationship damage. Yeah, exactly. I think that's for sure. It's, it's just a guarantee. Yeah. Cool. I mean, not cool, but understandable. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anything else that comes to mind as far as how people might see it developing the situation where, you know, maybe your skills, you talked about the skills not really being aligned or maybe your expectations for a job, like how, how quickly can people figure that out? I feel like there's a honeymoon phase with any job. So you're, you're kind of thinking that things are going to be different. You think that things are going to change at some point. So I would say within the first three months, you're, you're trying to avoid that. You're trying to think mm -hmm. that everything's great and there's not any problems. So I find that usually after that point is when you really realize, okay, this isn't working. And what you do at that point can really be the difference between you having that really, it's almost like, like PTSD mm -hmm. that you come out of a job with. Mm -hmm. Um, but that being said, a lot of times people will look at that situation and say, well, it must be something that I'm doing. And so I need to stay in this or I need to stay in a job for a year. That's what everybody yeah. told me. I need to stay in this job for a year and I can't leave. So it, people recognize it at different points and they don't always do something about it right away. Yeah, there's sort of like that feeling of ob obligation, kind of what you mentioned around that one year time frame which is a bit arbitrary mm -hmm. but the we've talked about sort of getting started the first 90 days the first six months in a new role and the idea that there should be trying not to use the word should here but that there often is uh, a sense of command and finally getting some handle on your work after the three-month mark you've been learning 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 and probably making a bunch of little mistakes along the way and hopefully getting corrected and developing confidence along the way mm -hmm. but it sounds like if that once you get to that three month mark four month five month mark if you're not getting that sensation of oh like i i feel competent in what i'm doing then maybe there's that misalignment of skill of ability of that different expectation of the role exactly. that we're talking about coming into play okay exactly and when you get to that point a lot of people will also feel badly about it. Like mm. I'm not good at this, so I must be failing. And so we can talk a little bit more about that and how you can kind of overcome that. Yeah. Let's jump into that part now. I mean, so let's say you find yourself in a toxic work environment. What do you do to handle the situation? So first is really awareness. Awareness is huge. When you start to feel those feelings of misalignment, disconnection, worry, anxiety, it's some, to some extent, all those things are normal. If it's a short amount of time and let's say you have a big project or something that you're working on, that can mm -hmm. be a sign of excitement as well. But when it becomes chronic and when it becomes, you're dreading going to work, you're feeling a pit in your stomach every day and it, it's going beyond that, um, that's when you know that it's time to do something about it. So, I mean, if it's a skill misalignment, like we were just talking about, that's okay. Not everybody is going mm -hmm. to be good at everything. And there are so many times that 
I've experienced myself, but also seen with other people that just because they're not killing it at something, it doesn't mean they're not good at so many other things. Sure. And there's a quote and I just recently discovered that it, it was misquoted to Einstein, <laughs> but, uh, it's, if you judge a fish on its ability to climb a tree, then you're not going to, and I forget the rest of the quote, but basically like not, you're not going to be good at everything. Yeah. I can, I can see where you're going with that quote and I can see how Einstein's probably been misquoted a whole bunch of times. <laughs> guy was pretty smart and quoted a lot. Um, but yeah, so if you're looking at someone thinking that they can do something that they weren't really tasked with, that can create sort of this false narrative around the ability level of that person. And it could be your own narrative, the narrative you have of yourself. Okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That sort of get out of bed or can't get out of bed in the morning kind of feeling don't want to go to work. I do remember a time actually now where I actually for about 10 days woke up and within an hour of getting out of bed had like a bizarre tightening of my chest. And I was mm. like, Ugh, I have a heart condition and I'm like 29 years old or whatever, oh but, um, ended up not being that, but I actually had to, to get that seen and be reassured that this was something that was really based off of stress and anxiety. So there's, there was an actual clinical sign of there being um, some toxicity. I don't know if it was exactly in the way that we're describing it now, but I guess that there can be physical markers mm-hmm. of these toxic environments playing into our lives. Yeah, definitely. Cool. What should someone do or what could someone do if there's been pretty significant emotional damage sustained over the course of a toxic job? So there's, there's two things. First, you want to address it. So if you can in the company, you want to have a conversation about it. If it's a, a misalignment of your skills and your expectations, then you want to skip right to taking action outside mm-hmm. of the company. Mm-hmm. But, but if there's something that you can do within the company, talk to an HR person, talk to somebody that you really trust. It doesn't have to be your your own manager. It could be mm-hmm. your manager's manager. It could be somebody in a different department. Um, just have a conversation about it because a lot of times if you are dealing with a difficult person, other people will see it mm-hmm. and that can help you to feel not so alone. That's a great point. Yeah, those things rarely, rarely exist in like a siloed way. It's, it's often like, oh, you're in a team meeting and all of a sudden your teammates are noticing the fact that you and your, we'll say boss or another colleague are just butting heads all of the time. It yeah. does become pretty apparent. Exactly. Yeah. So you want to address it. You also want to seek support outside of work. So talk to, if you need to talk to somebody like a therapist or a counselor, that's a great route. Um, and also friends and family, be really open about it. Let them know what's happening and so that they can support you and emotionally. And also sometimes you just need extra help at, when you're going through something like that. Maybe you need help around the house. Maybe you need help with planning dinners or cleaning or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So don't be afraid to ask for help when you're going through that. Yeah. The other thing you want to do is really try to pinpoint what the actual challenge is. Mm-hmm. And because the, the actions are going to be very different based on that. So again, if it's a skill misalignment, you're going to want to figure out, do you want to stay within the company? Do you want to find a different role within the company? And having those conversations with 
um, managers and, and managers' managers, people are often really open to having those conversations. Yeah. So um, just kind of be open with that. If it is just a toxic work environment in general, like the company has horrible morale, you don't align with the values, you've realized that this just isn't the right place for you anymore, you need to start thinking about getting out. Yeah. And yeah. so when you do that, um, there's a couple of things that you need to do to build your confidence because at that point, oftentimes you're feeling like, how am I even going to get another job? I'm not really good at anything. Mm -hmm. Such a great point. Let's jump into that. So, I mean, there's sort of this age old question around job for job seekers, people who are looking for something, do they stay employed in their current toxic job or do they quit it and go full time into job hunting? What do you think? It really depends on the situation. If you are extremely emotionally compromised, if it's if it's leading you to emotional challenges every day, if mm -hmm. it's physically, like if you're if there's a safety concern, those are things and reasons why you would want to just straight up quit. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it makes total sense to do so. And there's no time frame. So if yeah. you've been in a job for three or four months you can still quit. I just want to put, make that really, really clear because mm -hmm. I, when I was in that situation, I, I held out to the year and I wish that I hadn't because the damage that it did and continued to do was just so challenging. So I just, I don't feel now looking back on it, like it was worth like waiting it out to the year. I can think of myself, uh, a story I've heard fairly recently of someone just talking about, you know, how, how quickly can you leave something? I know someone who got out of a job after three weeks because the work that they were doing in that three week period was actually, um, triggering past trauma that they had experienced in their lives over and over and over again. Uh, and that, and at, at that point it was becoming very debilitating to continue doing that work. Um, and so that person got out of that job, you know, very, very soon. Good. Um, which That's I, a great point. yeah, has allowed them to do something and, and pursue other avenues that are far more healthy. I think that there's that, that big point that there's a lot of, a lot of the time there is sort of a bias against those who are unemployed in the hiring market, which I think is, is really unfortunate. Actually, I, I'm a little bit critical of that. Mm -hmm. The, like, if it's something that you can handle and, um, maintain to a certain extent in your life it can shorten your job searching cycle a little bit yes but then you have to balance that out against the idea that will you be okay at the end of you know those three months or four or five months that you're going to be putting towards um finding a new job while trying to maintain the one that you've already got it's a super personal decision but i think it's a tough one as well Totally agree. Yeah. And I think if you can hold on to it, like you said, it is, it, it is a great option because then you're not financially challenged. You're mm -hmm. not dealing with, you know, outside pressures. Um, and some people too will say, well, I'm just going to wait until they fire me. And <laughs> I can tell you that that's not a great option. <laughs> I don't, I don't see any upside to that plan actually. Like people it, think of severance and things like yeah. that, but it's, it's yeah. just not always the case. And 
it can be also kind of damaging to your confidence when you get to that point as well. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I don't know if the severance can really make up for the fact that, uh, you're going to be walking away from that feeling probably even worse. And at the same time, it's not like you can necessarily sort of leverage the, the current employer in your job search in the same way that you can, um, when you're still in the job and, and you haven't started to walk out the door one way or another, but yeah, that's, lots of fine points. That's actually a really good point. And, you know, we were talking about how do you know if it's a toxic work environment? If you don't want to use your manager or the company as a reference, mm-hmm. that's a huge red flag. Great point. Yeah. Yeah. Very easy one. If you can answer that question, it, it, that's a really, really good one. The, the sense of like, are you supported in that job or not? is another maybe simple question that yes or no, like, do you feel like you have the confidence of the people around you to continue going? And if not, maybe it's time to look elsewhere. Okay. So we're, we're kind of fleshing this thing out a little bit more. Let's say you've come out of a toxic work environment. You've shifted roles. You're in a new place. Now you're feeling much better about yourself. What can you do to avoid toxic environments, work environments going forward now? Can we actually go back to the confidence piece? Sure. Do you mind? Let's do that. I just want to talk a little bit more about how to get to that point where you're feeling better about it. Yeah, let's jump on it. Okay. So just going a little bit further into um, how to get yourself back to a place of confidence after you've dealt with a a toxic Mm -hmm. work environment. Number one, you want to look at the facts. So if the facts are that your skills were misaligned, then try not to give it a bigger meaning. Mm. Try not to blame yourself, make it into something that um, has been really challenging. Even with, if you're dealing with a difficult person at work, just kind of chalk it up to having dealt with a difficult person. And it, again, doesn't showcase anything on you. It's just that this wasn't the right fit and you will find something else that's going to be the right fit for you. Um, Focus on good past jobs. Think about things that went well for you in the past. And a lot of this is around mindset. Your Mm mindset is going to be really important. So to do that, you can create a celebration journal or Mm -hmm. a gratitude journal. And both are really great options. Um, A gratitude journal, you're writing down things that you're grateful for in your life. And this can be helpful in any mindset um, work that you're going to be doing. And a celebration journal is looking at things that go well for you. So maybe you made your bed this morning. That is a celebration. Maybe you made your lunches for the week. Whatever is making you feel good at that time, just you know, celebrate it. Be mm-hmm. really happy about it. Um, you need to protect your energy. So if you are staying in that job, if you make the decision to stay in the job, you need to almost create like an energy bubble where you are focusing on your well-being the other person can if it is another person that's causing an issue Mm -hmm. the other person can do whatever they're doing and you need to try not to let it affect you so that at the end of the day your energy is still intact and sometimes too it can be empathizing with the person so thinking like what is it about this person that caused them to be like this what is it about their value system what is it about their life that has created this situation and often when you have empathy for somebody else you humanize them you kind of take away the demon 
side of things and Mm -hmm. you can then feel like it's less about you. Yes. I think that's a really important point. It often like when you're having that interpersonal struggle with someone else, it's often not really anything that you did. Like the actual values of the other person are often playing into the picture in a way that they're the lens through which they see you now is, is very tainted. It could be based off of their past experiences. It could be based off of just a narrative that they have around someone like you. And that's really, really unfortunate. Um, but to the point of it, it's not about you in that case, it's really about how they have manifested this vision of you and what you're doing. And sometimes at that point, there's nothing that you can really do, um, differently to change that perspective other than, as you said, sort of shield the energy of that person and look for a new place to go where the energy is, is different and better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah. Confidence is, is that big pe- big key piece of any career. And if it's something that's missing from the work that you're doing, it's, it's really hard to take any step forward. Yeah. And it's kind of like too, if you've been in a toxic relationship, like mm-hmm. you need to let go of the past hurt before you can move into a healthy relationship mm-hmm. and not bring that into your next job or next interview. Um, and also you may, you want to make sure that you don't talk badly about past employers, no matter how difficult it was. If you are in a, an interview in the future, you don't want to say that you left because your boss was mean. Mm-hmm. You want to be (laughs) very (laughs) diplomatic about it and uh, try not to bring that into your future career. Yeah. Yeah. Because people who are looking to hire you will see that as sort of a possible preview of the way that you might engage with their own people in in the current environment that you're interviewing for. So great point. Yeah. You don't want to drag that with you. The, um, okay. So you've moved into a new role now and you've moved on from that past toxic environment. What have you learned from this experience that helps you out in the future avoid them? Really, hopefully at this point, you've discovered what you like. You've discovered what you're good at. You've discovered the ways that you like to work. You are now definitely more insightful about the people that you are comfortable working with. And you can ask questions in the interview process to try to figure out if this is going to be a good situation for you. So if you found that at your last job, you didn't have a lot of support, looking for a place that really offers support is going to be really important for you. Um, If management style, if you don't do very well with a micromanager, that's another thing that you can try to look out for by, you're not obviously going to ask your manager, are you a micromanager? But (laughs) there are probably ways that you can ask questions that can help to draw that out in terms of responsibility levels, um, autonomy, how much of the work is done collaboratively versus Mm. solo. Um, And when you're in the job, I mean, in the same way that you discovered it in the last job, there's still going to be that honeymoon period. You Mm -hmm. can't predict everything, but hopefully if you're in this situation again, you'll see you'll see what it did to you in the past and you'll be able to make a change quicker. Makes a lot of sense. I think those questions in an interview where you get a chance to pose some, some thoughts to an employer, right? 
it, they're important opportunities to see. So like, how would you view yourself, dear manager, or what would, like, how would you describe your management style or how would one of your direct reports describe your management style? Yeah. I'd love to know a little bit about that. Um, I'm all about trying to often with clients, uh, equalize the balance of power as much as possible in an interview so that you can ask those kinds of questions to feel like you can ask those kinds of questions. It takes some confidence to do that. And I think when you put that forward, uh, you have a chance at uncovering some of that valuable information that someone who's just not willing to go there for whatever reason in the interview setting can, you can get access to that information that allows you to make a decision on the employer and potentially avoid a toxic work environment. Um, Mm -hmm. so I'm a big believer in that. Okay. And yeah. And to your point around just the learning potential of this, we learn through our emotions and these toxic environments are usually very emotional times and places in our lives. And we can walk away with all kinds of new, new thoughts, new beliefs that we can tap into going forward that allow us to make better decisions about our career short and long-term. Absolutely. And I found too that I never, I never want to say that you should seek out a toxic work environment, but (laughs) if you happen to experience one, I've seen so many times from so many different people that once they make the change, they're stronger than they were before. So while you're in it, it might feel debilitating and horrible and, and awful, but it does shape you in a way that other people have not been shaped and gives you skills and tools that you can use in your future career that really does help you in the long term, even though it's it's not an ideal way of getting those skills. I'd say we should just leave it on that. That's tremendous. I couldn't agree more. Um, maybe just a couple of notes here on the side, a few news items. Uh, we're coming up to the one-year anniversary of the Career Builders podcast. Woo-hoo. This is episode 53. Once episode 56 drops, we'll have been on the air for about 365 days, going back to late October 2019. So we've got a couple of big episodes coming up there, a special guest on that one-year anniversary episode. Plus, right before that, we're going to do a little bit of a a best-of year-in-review style of show. And if you've been with us for all this long and you've been uh, enjoying our content, first of all, thank you so much for being with us on this journey. It's been a lot of fun. If you haven't done so already uh, and you want to help us out, feel free to leave a rating and a review of the show on uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. And we would be much appreciative. Uh, It's how we continue to grow this and spread our message to folks like you and continue to contribute to our world. So thank you so, so much. Let's call it a week there for the Career Builders Podcast. I'm Mike Bird. I'm Lisa Plain. And avoid those toxic work environments. Be well, take care, and we hope you'll join us again soon. Bye for now.